Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What do you do when these penalties get called and they're not right? And it affects, as Joey Bosa said, what ruins their whole season. With the gambling, it's just, we got to get these things right. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. you got to get it right. Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young, Pro Football Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're live in Los Angeles, California, in the Friday of Divisional Playoff Weekend. I'm live on the Roku channel, and my sweater perfectly matches the color scheme of this show and you could tune in and see it and and just say wow i mean it's it it really fits and and it's free it's free uh to see it oh i thought your sweater was free you're just giving those away no the 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 sweater is expensive uh but that's the way i choose to start today's program uh welcome to this show Uh, for those listening on the radio um i'll just paint you the words picture it's great and uh, we're here live for the next three hours. And I want to thank Suze for sitting in the chair yesterday. And it was a fun show. I watched a lot of the uh, videos back. Uh, I'm so glad that Tom Pelissero came on. Kurt Warner came on. Marshall Falk came on. Lots of great conversations. I'm glad that Suze gave you not five, but six shows to watch uh, in case uh, you were, you know, turning off MILF Manor. It's really great. That's why I love this program uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. What's going on, sir? How are you? It's been a rough week in my house. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, Cage is getting back on West Coast time, waking up at like 4 o'clock, and okay. then he was sick yesterday. Okay. So, yeah, not a lot of sleep. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. I am. TJ Mikey D is in D's Nuts. Good to see you. How Good are you? you? I'm doing well TJ Jefferson, you like the candle, sir. You like the candle. We're all Can- here together. Candles, do you ever just trip sometimes when you, when you start the show that you have a show with your name in the title? <laughs> I, don't I just really thought about granted. that just now. I don't take anything for granted. Or the fact that, you know, I've got um, a fantastic uh, better half who can sit in this chair and take care of business when when uh, when I when when I need. Don't and, get Wally uh, Pitt, and, Rich, is all I'm saying. I know saying. that. And don't I gra- get Wally Pitt. I greatly appreciate that. Um, we've the got, Susie Schuster show. We've got four great games coming up this weekend. What a dynamic Weekend of football we're going to see starting tomorrow in Kansas City. The Jacksonville Jaguars, first on the clock, two years in a row. They're in the final eight. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. We'll see what happens this time around. I love that. Looked pretty bleak. Looked pretty bleak last Saturday, down twenty-seven, nothing. Then he remembered it was Saturday. Kansas City Chiefs coming off their bye week. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off their bye week. The two one seeds put it all on the line. Can they get one and done by the Jaguars and New York Football Giants, respectively? The Eagles are trying to take all three games from the Giants this year. Tough so do. tough to sweep an opponent three and oh. And then Sunday, off the charts, Bengals at Bills, Cowboys at 49ers. And that last game leaps off at the screen for many reasons. Obviously, Cowboys and 49ers um, have a history. And in that respect, we have... Not one, but two Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have played in this game and against each other. Steve Young joining us in 17 minutes. Troy Aikman, top of hour number three. That's how we roll. Boom. That's how we do. On the Rich Eisen Show. Young and Aikman. Love it. Three years in a row, Young and Aikman. Football was great. Back back in the day. 
And so here we go. Young of ESPN, Aikman of ESPN now. They're on the same team, television-wise. Can't wait to chat about that with these guys. As I started the show on Wednesday, talking about how the AFC, for so many years it was Brady and Manning and Big Ben jumped in and Flacco jumped in on occasion and Rivers jumped in on occasion. And um, obviously we know Rivers never made it to a Super Bowl as Flacco did and Ben did jumping in on the party between Brady and Peyton Manning. And, uh, And I remarked how now... After all those years, we were wondering, who's going to take the mantle in the AFC from those guys? Now we're seeing back-to-back years of Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow being in the Final Four of the American Football Conference. And that fourth seat last year was filled by Tannehill this year by a much younger, higher-ceiling, if you will, quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Here we go. And I'm now looking at the entire field of eight. And what we're seeing now is a rarity. Because I have my same list that I put together here of the final four quarterbacks from the AFC since NFL Network came on the air and started covering games. And I'm now looking at all eight and utilizing this list of the AFC quarterbacks. I think this is the first time since the NFL Network came on the air in the last 20 years that we're seeing all eight quarterbacks of divisional playoff weekend under the age of 30. Talk about youth being served. Mm -hmm. You've got the OG, the old man in this group, is Dak Prescott at age 29. After that, you got Mahomes at 27, Burrow and Allen at 26, Daniel Jones at 25, Jalen Hurts at 24, and the, uh, the younger, the young guns, the babies of the group dropping their huggies in divisional playoffs for the first time, Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy. They're all under the age of 30. And Mahomes, you want to talk about how crazy this is. This is Mahomes' fifth straight year being in the divisional round. Fifth straight year. Okay? And he's 27. Peyton Manning didn't win his first playoff game till he was 27. That's how far in front Mahomes is of the curve and Brady's still sitting back laughing saying somebody's going to have to come chase me down with seven Super Bowl rings I think that's going to last our lifetimes and those of our children and maybe their children quite frankly but this is a young man's game at the position with Brady out now Rodgers having not made it last year's Super Bowl winning quarterback Matthew Stafford didn't finish the season. Young man's game at quarterback. And this weekend, the amazing thing is the quarterback with the best team by the end of the day, by the end of the month, and by the end of the season may be the one quarterbacked by the youngest of the group in Brock Purdy. I cannot tell you How many people have come up to me or tweeted at me or friends have texted me wondering what the story of the NFL season is? And I spit back right at them and they all say, right? Isn't it? Brock Purdy is the answer. Uh, And it's unbelievable. 
in this you-can't-make-it-up league that this kid spent the first two-plus months of the season just earbudding it up, clipboarding it up, sitting there supporting Jimmy Garoppolo, and at one point Purdy supporting Lance and Garoppolo, that this kid comes in and hasn't missed a shot. He's not perfect, but what he is doing is unbelievable. It is the stuff of legend. It really is. And he's in that position right now. And we're going to see him against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday after all the other games are finished, after the AFC championship field is set, after we know if the winner of 49ers-Cowboys visits Philadelphia or this game is for the right to host the NFC Championship game. We will already know all of that and have three games, six teams, and presumably 12 quarters of football to talk about and ruminate and chop up. And Brock Purdy's going to step out there against the oldest of the group and Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and say, not today. This is a magic carpet ride that I am on. I, honestly, I totally get the fact that we are a Cowboys-centric media. I get the fact that Burrow and Allen is a terrific matchup. And we also know what's going on between the Bengals and the Bills and what happened a few weeks ago and how that will be part of the proceedings in Western New York on Sunday afternoon. And I get how Mahomes is the odds-on favorite to be MVP this year. And I understand that the Jaguars in themselves are a terrific Cinderella story out of not Augusta, but TPC Sawgrass. You know, like, I understand that Jalen Hurts had the MVP, I thought, right there in his hands until his shoulder gave way for two weeks, fair or not. And I understand that the Giants have their history of going from who really are they and can this quarterback really do it to picking confetti out of their hair, not just once but twice. Nothing compares to the story of Brock Purdy. Nothing. The only comparison is what happened to Brady years ago and Kurt Warner in 99. And I know you guys talked to Kurt Warner yesterday. I really, I I can't believe, you know, what I'm seeing and I understand everybody thinks he's going to trip up or that's going to be the trip wire for this season. But if this kid wins three more games, it's stuff we'll be talking about for a long time. And that's the storyline I'm focused on. And how in this young man's game, could this kid who came out of truly nowhere take the San Francisco 49ers to the promised land? I see you kind of shaking your head over there. Would you disagree? Agree? What do you think? I don't, you know, I'm just trying to think about it. It's one of those things like if, if Kurt and Tom Brady had a baby, right? It'd be Brock Purdy kind of. Kurt, their stories, if, there's, yeah, like, if their legacies I mean, if had a baby. If yeah, if they're the, stories. Oh, the the like, origin stories. Yeah, right. Because right. Brady's sixth round and Kurt undrafted and, we, you know, obviously made a movie. You can make a movie out of Brady, too, I guess, if you want. But, yeah, hey, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think about, um, right. you know, he's only been playing quarterback in the NFL for like, 
a month and a half. Which is why he didn't make the final three for Offensive Rookie of the Year. It was Olave, Garrett Wilson, and... Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Mm. So he can't win. He's not going to. I haven't broken that news to Cooper yet, that he's not oh, going man. to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he called it. And I I, I find that a mistake. I, I think, you know. But story, story of the whole NFL season, it's like the roller coaster the Bills have been on. You of course. Know, the Bengals kind of overcoming injuries yes. and, and, and fighting back to get to the. This the, is not the being, final eight here. This is no disrespect to anyone. No, I know. Else here. I'm just trying to, you know, kind of talk it through. And it's like, yeah, the 49ers is amazing. They they started the year with one guy, and then they go to the guy that they didn't want to have on the team at all. And then now here's this kid that no one's ever heard of, and he looks like Joe Montana. And that's at that's what's playing out against the, the Cowboys in the, such an important Game for a franchise that hasn't been back to an NFC championship game since their last Super Bowl year. And, and I think that's kind of the icing, Rich, when you think is. about it. It's like he's not just playing against the Bucks or any other team. He's playing the Cowboys. Yeah, on top of the it. The Cowboys. And that's, and that's what's at stake. How many arguments were you used to being in? Because I know you're more chill now, TJ. I get it. You're more. You're a more evolved human. Refined. I got it. I drink with my pinky. <laughs> but <out>. how <laughs> many arguments have you been in as a Dallas Cowboy fan for many. the last three decades? Ooh. And the answer is you haven't been to an NFC Championship game since 1995 season. End of story. Period. And well, the same way as a Yankee fan, oh, you haven't won a World Series since 2009. You're so terrific. Like I, I, I'm in my second decade of hearing this argument. And it's it's kind of a conversation ender, you know. Richard, so much and I had to put a velvet rope up last year. Remember? I, I know that that can end by the end of the night Sunday. When that could vars- be over when the varsity hits the field on Sunday. Yes, <laughs> that can be over. The answer to the question is over. Oh, and the team that would be in front of you, the team that would be in front of you to go back to the Super Bowl, is a team that you know very well, and that. You've beaten this year. Each of them. The Cowboys have a win against right. each of the teams that they might face to go to the Super Bowl if they win Sunday. It's out of sight on Come Sunday. On, man. My heart is literally starting to race. Yes, Why are you doing this to me, yo? Because I am a professional communicator of what's at stake. <laughs> And a storyline guy and a season storyline arc and a narrative guy. I'm all about the narratives. Not an all-22 guy. I can look at film. But that's not what we do. But what I am a professional at is narratives and storylines and arguments. And what, what people talk about and, and think lists. about. Top five lists, yes. Exactly. Power Power Uh, I'm getting into that. I'm still a rookie. But I can't that's what's at stake over the week. And I kind of marry the two. The fact that this is a everybody's under the age of thirty at the quarterback position in this quarterback driven league. There's no OGs. There's nobody going for, you know, um well the only I was about to say no one going for their second, but obviously Mahomes is the only one. So Mahomes is He's going for his second. He is the OG, but not an age. Not an age. Not an age. Not an age, but in success. Correct. And and then comes the baby of the group, the guy Purdy. Like I mean, 
You want to talk about a, reinforcing a narrative? He shows up a, with a backpack on, <laughs> you know, like he's going to home ec. Backpack, backpack. Like, oh, he, like oh, he, oh, he emailed his teacher for a meeting about the homework assignment. You know, I mean, like Do that's. people know what home ec is? Still? Uh, well, I mean, it's a, tele, it's a hit television show. That's true. Yeah. So, at any rate, so, okay. you know, can't wait. Let's oh, take a man. break. Let's go. Steve Young will help us kick it all off. Troy Aikman will help us wrap it all up. And then there's you in the middle of the second hour with what's more likely. What is going on in Baltimore, man? My spidey sense is going off. But Steve Young, when we come back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show and the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, powered by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We're going straight up the flow chart. Cannot get any higher to preview the Cowboys and the 49ers. Hour number three, Troy Aikman will join us. But right now, joining us from the worldwide leader in sports as well, Pro Football Hall of Famer and 49er great Steve Young. How are you, Steve? Richard, great. I remember the conversation. We talked about Jim Rice and Fred Lynn at length. Oh, so, uh, yeah. oh. so wow, yeah. my man. <laughs> you, wow. I mean, he's a lawyer, so was he, he pretty much remembers everything. <laughs> you, you, he wasn't bothering you, was he, Steve? He didn't bother me. I li- hey, look, I like doing two things at once, and uh, mm-hmm. I, like the, I like the stress. 
like I, I loved my life was full of stress. Yes. And what, now it's not as much stress. And so when people are under stress, I kind of like it. I like watching them <laughs> under stress. I mean, I was I was pacing around the suite like a madman. Well, I, mean, I remember that game too because yeah. you know that game between the Eagles and and the Patriots, uh, Steve. There was a hail mary Brady to Gronk in the air. I mean, it for, looked like maybe I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Are the, you joking? Right? This is gonna this is this is not gonna happen again." I remember that feeling. That ball yeah. was in the and air. I love seeing the stress. That's what I mean. That was awesome. I was like, I could care less who catches this ball. I'm loving the stress that everybody else is under. I and love people it. forget, even if Gronk had caught that miraculous, they still had to convert the two point conversion to force overtime. And I'm sure there must have been a New England special. There would be, a, there'd be, a, right for that. There'd have been something for 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 the Eagles to deal with. All right, Steve Young. Um, I, I mentioned Cowboys, 49ers, Your memory. Uh, let's empty the memory bank. What do you What do you recall? From your days, well, I always say when I have to remember the '92 championship game, I throw up in my mouth. So I feel like that's the one that, even today, is the most painful thing that I've ever had to happen in in, in my football life, and uh, for many many reasons. And so the Cowboys, 49ers, and then the greatest thing that ever happened to me probably is the '94 championship game. So, like, uh, it's guardrails of my career are defined by games with Troy Aikman, and um, and that's awesome, right? That's the best part of it, and I think that. You know, talking to George Kittle yesterday and interviewed him, and he just, you know, John um, uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan take everyone that comes into the 49er building and they give them a history lesson, not because they want to pay it backwards and say, oh, these guys were great or anything else. They, they want to pay it forward, trying to make sure that these guys understand what the spirit of what we're trying to get done here. What's the spirit of what how those guys did it? How did they did it was, you know, uh, you know kind of a selflessness in the locker room and an idea that there's ideals that have always been a part of it. And I think they've done a nice job of creating that in this 40. One of the reasons why this 49er team is going to be really tough to beat mm-hmm. is that, that spirit of selflessness that they have going with a lot of superstars. Well, there's not a guy on that offense. They've got yeah. as much talent or more talent than anyone in the league from offensive weapons, and not one of them is the, is the kind of person that says, I have to have the ball. I, you, you know, come back to the huddle, give it to me. Like, they're all guys that just say, look, let's just go beat these guys. And it's, uh, it's like the Golden State Warriors when they're winning championships when Kevin Durant shows up and like, how's that going to work? And they all selflessly kind of teach Kevin, this is how, you, this is how we do it. And they, they're, that's why they're so tough to beat. So in that way, the 49ers tough out. Well, and, and, and then the most unique aspect of it is I, I started my show with this, Steve, because no matter how many incredible storylines there are and worthy ones involving the, every other team that's in – uh, divisional playoff weekend. The Brock Purdy storyline, if you will, his career arc and where it can end, nothing compares to it. It, it, it. it is the number one story in my mind to keep an eye on Sunday and if the Niners are fortunate enough to move on. What what can you tell me about this kid, well, Steve? What, Rich, wait a second. I mean, we're burying the lead a little bit. Think okay. about the Jimmy G arc to the Trey Lance arc to the Brock Purdy arc. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. It is. It's like, you're telling me that this is actually good. Kyle Shanahan and this organization can ingest all of this and do this? <laughs> like, that usually crushes teams. And I think Brock Purdy is the final exclamation point on it. The idea that, you know, after all the things that happened with Jimmy and then come back and he can play and he's playing well, he's playing better than he ever has, then he gets hurt and it's like, oh, dang, now what? And a kid that was 
the last pick in the draft, which is unbelievable. Well, the second to last pick in the draft, it wouldn't be a big deal. But the fact that you're the, <laughs> the, the last person. Yeah. And the thing is, is that this shows you the true nature of trying to pick quarterbacks in the NFL, the, the blind spots for the scouts. Because what they do is they say, oh, he's too, he's too short, and he can't throw every ball. But all of the stuff that I call the force, I use the Star Wars reference, when you're trying to describe something that you can't quite put words to, I say it's the force. Like, you can understand that. Like, there's something special that you just have or don't have. And what I heard in the summertime when Brock showed up immediately was like, he has the force. And it's like, well, how is he the last? Quarterback is so demanding and everybody needs a quarterback and they're so desperate that why would you have a kid that you know has the force, which most college quarterbacks, you have no idea, and you say, yeah, he has it, that he would be the last guy drafted. That's the insanity of our scouting because we're always looking for 6'5", rocket arm, guy that can throw 55 yards off his knees, and we're like, that's the guy. Well, does he, does he have the force? We don't know. But, uh, you know, we'll just <laughs> sign him up first round. And, like, Brock's the kind of guy that has it, Maybe doesn't have all the physical skills, but you see an exponential, you know, uh, force that he has with him. That who who shows up after all the chaos of the Forty ers year, and this and it wasn't like after a game or two. It was like he came on the field, took the huddle, and on they went. And George talked about that yesterday as well. So the, you're right. The Brock Purdy story is one, but we have to we have to pay it off with this with the quarterback story for the 49ers over the last couple of years. No question. I mean, as you point out, uh, just uh, for example, Titans, Jets, they, they had to play all three quarterbacks. You play, you get to quarterback number three, that means uh, your season is toast uh, more often it's than true. not. And certainly not in the divisional round uh, and certainly not um, with, with, you know, with an arrow pointing straight up like the 49ers do. Have, have you met Purdy, Steve? Have you chatted yeah. with him? Okay. What'd you not pick much. up? I met him, but not much. And, uh, uh, we saw each other. They had a little event for the 49ers about financial uh, literacy and what okay. to do post-career. And uh, saw him there, but uh, uh, very little. And uh, look forward to spending time with, the, with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Jedi? Yoda and yeah. all the other people with the Force. You know, just Luke Skywalker. I mean, this is, this is a, and it's been, I, I, I love this because as a, as a quarterback of not the highest stature, uh, from a height perspective, trying to prove the league wrong all the time, and all the guys that have continued to prove the league wrong, I, I join in in Brock Purdy to proving all these. Uh, and even to the today, when you need somebody can move around, the, the, the position's way more dynamic. In many ways, the game has come to me now. And who I was in the uh, you know 20 years ago was where the league you know is today. Um, Brock Purdy is like, you know, he's a brother in arms, so it's cool. Well, I guess, Steve Young, to use your analogy here, uh, it's kind of the weekend of the force with the young Jedi Knights. Everybody's under the age of 30, um, and everybody seems to have it, right? Allen and Burrow and Dak and Jalen Hurts and Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence we've seen for so long. What would you make of Daniel Jones' performance against the Vikings, Steve? I, I really appreciate quarterback uh, coaching, I'll call it. and It's the same thing. People always say, oh, you know, because you see a coach on the sidelines with a headset, and they all look generally the same. They all have the scowl, and they all have the piece of paper in front of them. And as fans, we really don't, like, is anyone better than the other? I don't know. How do I know? And I, I'm here to tell you that the, the rarity of great coaching for the quarterback position, and really for football, because if you have a great quarterback, you have a chance. 
the expansiveness of what those guys have done. You know, Mike McDaniel, you think Mike McDaniel just shows up and all of a sudden the, the Dolphins are juggernaut passing the football or that the, the spirit of what they brought or, you know, Kevin O'Connell shows up with, um, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, Cousins has his best year of, the, uh, of his life. And then Brian Dayball has a plan and tells, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, look, Daniel, you're, you're leaking oil everywhere. Things are spitting out all over the place. We don't know whether you're coming or going. And we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to calm everything down. You have a brilliant mind. We're going to calm that down. We've asked way too much of you, and we're going to start from scratch. And we're going to ask you to do things that you're comfortable with, that make you relaxed, and your mind can now you know, kind of be at peace, and we're going to build from there. And that's what they did. And they said, we're going to play great defense, we're going to run the football, and we're going to ask you to do not as much. And as he calmed down and started to find his, you know, his way of, you know, when your mind is at peace, your body can now respond, and all the athleticism can respond. We saw this whole year, Brian Dable hold him to this, to this new f- philosophy, this new way that we're going to do it, and not get away from it, and let Daniel calm himself. And I think that's what's happened. And now you see the playoff game, after you know, 16, 17 games, Daniel Jones has started to grow into and started to build back and, and, and now the, the road that's been paved is paved with gold. Like, it's not going backwards. He's not going to, things aren't going to start flying all over the place. He's built into a better player, and that's because of coaching. Well, then I guess uh, I know this has nothing to do with the playoffs, Steve Young, but I, I, I read the, uh, there was a deep dive article uh, in The Athletic today about Zach Wilson, um, the other starting quarterback in New York City, and, and how he reached out to you for advice in the middle of all of his troubles this year. What's your suggestion of the Jets to try and unlock him? I mean, you want to talk about coaching quarterbacks. They, they have a new yeah. offensive coordinator coming in, whoever that's going to be. What, what's your two cents having spoken to Zach, knowing him, and, um, and, and the situation there? Steve? Actually, the same kind of thing. Same, same kind of thinking is that you need somebody that can come in and calm, calm, calm it down. The expectations are overwhelmed, overwhelmed them. And um, instead of having a big brother – to come in and and who has years of cert, you know years of understanding of what what he's going to face and understanding what he's been you know, what he's going to have to go through, um, you know you want somebody that can turn to you and say, look, you and I are tied. You succeed, I succeed. We're going down together, and I, I'm backing you. I believe in you. I, it's just, it's simple in some ways. It's simple things, but with a plan, like an idea that I, I recognize that you're overwhelmed. If he can't, they're better. Zach had a, at the end of the season at some point became more likely that he could convert a fourth and 18 than he could have first and 10 swing pass because things had gotten so haywire. And so more than anything, it's to calm, calm the mind, get everybody relaxed, get right, get the things in, get the support. And you know what? That doesn't mean it's going to happen. How many times have we seen people come and try to, you know, climb this mountain and can't do it. That's okay. And I think Zach's going to be fine with like, like I just, but I want every opportunity to have somebody around me that supports me and gives me the best chance to succeed. He's got the talent. He, you know, I think, that, again, it's coaching, and, and, and then Zach's got to go do it. And he's got to rebuild and be able to make the commodity work of quarterbacking, the things that are very easy to do, easy again. Because the things about Zach is what's amazing about him is the things that are hardest things to do on the football field from a quarterback perspective, that's what he's good at all the time. What he's not good at today is the commodity work that should be rather easy to fix. So who was that guy for you? Who was that person for you back in the day? Well, Steve? you got to remember, Rich, I was very fortunate. I mean, I go, you go back to, uh, 
college. I'm Mike Holmgren's my college coach. You know, I got I go to the USFL and the LA Express and Sid Gilman. And I don't know if you know that name, Rick. You're probably old enough to remember Sid yeah, Gilman. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was like Sid Gilman was the, the godfather of all quarterbacks. Uh, Dan Fouts, the Chargers back in the day with mm-hmm. Eric Coriel. And he's the first one to tell me, bro, you're, you're running around. It's crap. You know, that's not, it's not going to get it done. What do you mean? You got to, you got to develop, you got to develop a sophisticated passing mind. If you're going to be any good in this game, you got to be. And so what he was saying, like, and I, I try to tell this same story to every dynamic quarterback, dual threat, we feel dual threat, whatever you want to call them, guys that can move around, that, that you need to emotionally and even physically, he took, he took a rope out one day. And he's like, give me a rope, you know, and they got him a jump rope or something. They brought it out there, and he tied my feet together. I don't tie these feet together. You're not going to go anywhere. You know, I'm like, this is stupid. You know, like, he made a big scene about it, right? Right. But, but emotionally, that guys need that to happen because if they don't, they never truly do the work to become a sophisticated passer. And the funny thing that Sid knew, that everyone else around me, you know, understood, not everybody, but very few, I mean, I guess very few, Bill Walsh as well understood, is, if you can develop a sophisticated passer, you never forget how to move. You never forget how to run. You never forget how to get out of the pocket and get easy. And the game back then was not nearly as free and open as it is today. When I say the game's come to me, there are so many yards to go get, easy yards, first downs and touchdowns for quarterbacks. And that's why I say to Joe Burrow, Joe loves to be that sophisticated passer. You can see that he has a little hubris around, I'm not going to run because that's cheap and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a, he needs to get on his horse and go get those free yards. They're out there. And that's why Josh Allen go gets them, goes and gets them. Matt Patrick Mahomes goes and gets them. And if you don't have somebody, a young quarterback, Pat, I'm going to take Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers off the table because they're sophisticated and they don't, you know, they're, they're in another place. But if you're a young quarterback that can move, you have to go get those free yards. And they're out there for everybody. And Sid Gilman's the one that told me, become a sophisticated passer. You never lose the ability to go run, and then you become super dangerous. Steve That's Young. when a dual-threat quarterback truly is dual-threat. Steve Young here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few more minutes left uh, with him. So, okay, Steve, um, I, I, I just want to hit that way back machine one more time. I said, I, I know you said that the 92 <laughs> championship game makes you want to throw up in your mouth. Um, Thank you. No, no, I, I, I know that. But, I mean, so would you say that the Cowboys essentially helped define your career uh, with the monkey off your back and then your monkey oh, on the back and all that stuff? Was that 100%. What? And it was true. It was, it, was, it was the era of whoever won won the Super Bowl. And it was life or death. Championship games that were life or death because we knew that the, the Super Bowl was not going to be the highly contested. <laughs> and there was the team that they were built – they were, I mean, honestly, they were as great a team as you've ever seen, and we really, we were the greatest team in the world. So it was like uh, the Titans coming at it, and they came out of nowhere, to be honest with you, in 92. They were coming. You could see it. We put – and think about, Rich, what we did. And this is – people don't care about this, but I just have no, to please, speak go. to it. Because I, I have throw up in my mouth, so I have to at least tell you what, <laughs> what, what, what wrong, what went haywire. Oh, please, and, go for and, it. And that is we handed – Charles Haley, a future Hall of Fame defensive lineman that was going to be is one of the great pass rushers of all time, was a 49er. And in 1990, before the, 19, before the 1992 season, we decided to let him go to the Cowboys. Mm. Mm. Just let him go. Mm. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for that. That's really a great memory. But I get, but you then got Dion though, right? You got Dion. I mean, Ken Norton switched <laughs> yeah. back and forth. Fair you enough. know, I mean, Fair so enough. Fair right? enough. I mean, at some it point, wasn't, it wasn't all bad. There were some great right? moments. There I were mean, career-defining moments, no question. Right. But as with any any athlete, I think that you talk to that really 
is uh, you know has some uh, uh, elements of wanting to climb Everest multiple times. Um, you remember the times when you didn't make it, so right. you know, and, clouds and, came in, and you know, right. And then I got Aikman later on, and we all in the media talk about this quarterback against that quarterback. Was that in any way, shape, or form in your mind going into these games? No, you, we're you know, good I'm, friends. Okay, so good friend. I mean, good friends go. You know, but it doesn't. You know, like we're not. I'm not ask, I'm not harmless in Troy. But what I did. What what you see is you go sit down to look at your your films and you know the guy you look at your tablet and you're checking stuff out but you got an eye to watching the guy that's like they're so prolific and watching you know we we Jerry Rice catches us slant and goes eighty yards and then that doesn't happen to us and then all of a sudden Michael Irvin catches us slant and goes eighty yards we're like hey whoa what what, what is this and so you know you get you you do you have an eye out for for when you're playing those kind of games because you know that it's you feel like uh, we got this one, we got this one wrapped up, and 95% of the chance, times you do, and then against these guys, you, you, nothing's wrapped up. So it was, it, was, it. it was tough. It was tough. It was tough for them, tough for us. It was awesome. It was the best, the best of the best. Well, I mean, and then 94, uh, you break through, um, and I remember you, after the game, held the ball up and kind of did a, a little bit of a, a lap around Candlestick Park. You go underneath the goalpost, and you passed by a Cub uh, reporter from the ABC affiliate in Redding, California, uh, recording it and almost knocked the camera over. Do you know how that person was, Steve Young? Uh, was he wearing an angel's hat? Mm, it was me, sir. It was me. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. It was I me. The, I knew where you were going. I just wonder if you had the Red Sox hat. The no, 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 I didn't have no. It wasn't. It was me. I was. I, I, I was there. You. You passed Rich, right not, by did me. Did I now. not stop and and shake your hand and say hello? Did no, I not we didn't know each other. Myself, we didn't know each other. I can't were, believe that I was so rude. You're just <laughs> in your moment. Crap, you were in your <laughs> moment. You finally got past the Cowboys. You're going to the Super Bowl. You were in your moment, Steve. But I was yeah, there. I was. I. Uh, I was a little delirious. That's for sure. That's for sure. Hey, look, Steve. Before I let you go, there's one last story I'd like you to tell because I was. I'm reading Jeff Perlman's new biography on on Bo Jackson. Your name popped up in it, and yeah. and you. So you met with Bo prior to his drafting in the NFL as a member of the Buccaneers. Is that a true story, yeah. Steve? That is a very true story. Hugh Culverhouse, the owner at the time, we had become friends. I don't know that you had a lot of friends. Mr. Colvass had a lot of player friends, and mm-hmm. and uh, and we and he called me and said, "Hey, I'm we're going to go to dinner with Bo Jackson. I need you to convince him to to come here because he wants to play baseball." Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, "Great, that'd be awesome." And so we went to dinner, and he says, "At some point, I'm going to get up and leave, and then you got to sell him. You got to tell him how great it is, you know." And like, I don't know how great I'm going to tell him it is, but I'm going to tell him, I, you know, we need we need you. <laughs> I need some help. And uh, so you've got the appointed moment. Hugh Colverhouse excused himself from the table, and then I was up. You know, I was like, i got to convince Bo Jackson to come to Tampa. And I started to – I literally started to speak, and I got maybe one word out. He goes, bro, don't worry about it. I'm never coming here. <laughs> that did happen. That's true. He said that to you? <laughs> so true. Absolutely true. And I was like – I didn't – I was like, Bo, what – he goes, bro, don't worry about it. It's not happening. <laughs> I'll never be here. It's never, you know, and he goes, I don't know how you, and he goes, what are you doing here? I, go, I don't have a choice, bro. All the draft, wow. how it works. And uh, he goes, well, I got choices. So it ain't happening. And that was it. Did you break the news to Culver House later on that that's what he said? Or did yeah, you... I, I, no, Bo, you know, I don't know if you know Bo very well, but Bo is the kind of guy, because we've become very good friends too. Mm-hmm. And Bo, 
Bo is a what I'll call a straight shooter. Yes. Bo does. So he was like, so then Mr. Holvers came back and he said, look, I'm never, I'm never coming here. And that was it. He told that to Culver House when he got back to the yeah, table? Yeah, like, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> not happening. Uh, how awkward was the rest of the dinner, Steve? I mean. It was rough. It was rough. It was <laughs> rough because I, I had to face the music of, look, this is a tough pl- place to play right now. It was tough. It was I mean, you got some great human beings down there, James Wilder and Jimmy Giles, and some great guys, and they were just pounding their head against the rocks. It was just brutal. It was brutal in every every direction, and uh, and uh, you know, knowing that Bo could come and help us, and uh, I was like, "Oof, Bo's Bo's not coming." All right, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Check, please. Right, check. We'll take the check. <laughs> Go get the car at the valet. Steve, thanks for the time. Always uh, cherish the chats. Thanks so much. Great to be with both of you. All right. Okay, okay. take care, man. That's hey, Steve, Steve Young, everybody. Pro Football Hall of Famer and Hall of Famer in every yes. regard. He's amazing. How many stories? Literally, we could do three hours with him and his stories from the Bucks to the USFL yep. to the Niners to what was going on with Montana to these stories about right. the Cowboys. And yes, these games defined him. And this is kind of neat here. Yes, it's not the championship game, nor was last year. But this is back-to-back years. The Niners and Cowboys have played each other in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can get something going here. It's not like the the old days, though. Oh, I mean, the old days. It is not like the old days. Where it's Young and Aikman and Rice and Irv and Emmett and the you know the rest of the Ricky 49ers Waters. running backs, right? And Charles Haley switching teams, and Dion switching, switching teams, teams, and Ken Norton switching teams. All flip flopping. Oh, baby. Jimmy Johnson, George Seifert, Hall of Famers all over the lot. Maybe we find that out one day. This is what we're watching, but right now it's all on. The line for the right to go to the NFC Championship game and potentially, if the Giants can upset the Eagles, host it. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. My juices are flowing, and we're just two seconds into this three-hour show. (laughs) And Aikman's coming up in hour three. Let's go. We're trying to be fair and balanced. Sure. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. If you're looking to change positions and get a new job, guess what? Monster.com is there for you. Millions of job openings on Monster.com. Check them out. There's great coaching and career advice as well for that strong performance when it counts, and we all know that means a job interview. Plus, when you upload your resume to Monster.com, you can be recruited by employers before they even post their jobs. That's what I did back in the day, by the way, when I was looking for a TV job on, on the air, is I sent my resume reels into stations. They didn't have job openings yet. So when they had a job opening, they they didn't have to post it anywhere. They could just go ahead and, and hire me. But here, you know, they post on Monster.com. And when they do, guess what? The employers, they know how to match you with the job fits on Monster.com. It's amazing. So when you score the position, Monster.com salary calculator that ensures you're paid what you're worth. Get off the sidelines. Go to Monster.com and win the job hunt right now. Monster.com. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Jeff in Detroit. How are you, Jeffrey? Good to chat with you. What's going on, Unc fellas? we got a weekend coming up, yes, don't we? Do. we? It's amazing. First of all, I would like to say thank you to the Fords for going ahead and giving Ben Johnson a couple of more dollars in his contract. Now, I've got a couple of numbers for you guys. The 2016 Cowboys versus this year's 49ers. 13-3. 13 and 4. Okay, remember it's an extra game. Uh, 7 and 1 at home, 8 and 1 at home. 6 and 2 on the road, 5 and 3 on the road. Of course, we know that Prescott ended up losing with the shootout against uh, Aaron Rodgers, which was a spectacular game. And we're seeing Brock pretty go into this atmosphere where I'm trying to figure out what happens next year with this guy because this is truly extraordinary. It's no way that you can, you know, just think things are going to just remain the same. I'm trying to figure out if, if you're going to adjust his pay rate or what can you do because Nothing. this guy is a real football player, man, and, and it's wonderful seeing it. No matter who you root for, this story transcends sports almost. I mean, it's like my mom is like, who is this Brock Purdy that everybody's talking about? I, well, how do you know about Brock Purdy, mom? You know, it, it, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. I agree really with you. Is. I agree with you, Jeff, and thanks for the call. It's an interesting point that he said that Jeff in Detroit just brought up saying, what about next year? I almost asked that of Steve Young about 15 minutes ago, and I thought to myself, it's kind of a waste to ask a Hall of Fame quarterback, despite his role currently also as top analyst for ESPN in their football world there, uh, about next year when – it's all about this Sunday, okay? It's a week-to-week thing right now. It's all about this year. It's all about the now. It's all about every snap. It's all about living in the moment. And it's all about how you can meet the moment when you're living in the moment, when you're somebody like Brock Purdy. It truly is. That said, it would be an, a little bit too early of a departure for the 49ers here when you're talking about the future. Because w- would you say it's fair to say that – 
the Niners are still kind of evaluating Brock Purdy as he goes through all of this stuff. I oh, mean, they, yeah, they've, seen, they've seen Absolutely. what he can do. I, I, I'm not saying that they need to see what he can do. You can see what he, he can do. And you've seen the plays that he's making. But the plays that he's making now in the playoffs are a totally different ball of wax, a totally different animal than, say, a Thursday night in his first road start against Seattle which is its own crucible in itself for a regular season in a division that they wanted to win. And that's kind of when they essentially wrapped it up, when they swept Seattle, when Brock Purdy went up to Seattle and won that Thursday night game. Short week, first road start to, what a road start, in division, at the 12s, loud spot. But you kind of want to see him one more time in a playoff game with a win and then see him one more time <laughs> right. when you're going to make a decision on what you do. Right. And... um that's kind of an interesting crossroads that we are here at right now. Because he has only played six games. But if he goes on this run, in the same way that, you know, I always go back to my own personal experience. Uh, Michigan turned to Steve Fisher. Oh, yeah. And he won six games. They weren't going to keep him. He needed to win six games in a row for him to stay there. Yeah. And then get the Fab Five and we'll see how it goes. Right. That, I don't know, does Purdy need to win all these to, to get the gig? It's a silly thing to talk about, admittedly, because it's Cowboys Niners for the right to go to the <laughs> NFC Championship game and maybe host it. Yeah. But if you are looking a little bit down the road, as our caller Jeff from Detroit just did, I'd like to see uh, another game or two from Purdy this I, year. I'm good on that, personally. I know you're not. You'd like the evaluation to end. That's it. As this hour is about to end, coming up hour two. But we're still I mean, here yeah, on like, our road. What if Roku Purdy channel? has three picks on Sunday? You know that's, what I mean? And that's why the playoffs mean so much. Yeah. Again, last year, the narrative was the Cowboys were, what, rattled going into that game by the Niners and their swagger coming out of the locker room? That was the conversation, oh, yeah. Comfort, yeah. especially since they ended the game. I watched the, the way that they did by needing to get a couple of snaps to get in the end zone. And instead of throwing it to the sideline, even though it was well covered, they run right up the middle and don't get another playoff. And I watched that game, that, that play over the last couple of days again. I will admit this. That, uh, that, that umpire was late running in. Yeah. He was late running in. It's just like, where, like, like follow the play, sir. Get in there. Also, we, I mean, Susie mentioned that you told her to watch that yesterday. Yes. And I, I said this, like, that takes a lot of heat for that, but I'm never going to get on someone for showing effort. He was going for it, man, and they all were, and we just ran out of time. And we know? were, and we were kind of all over him, and I was too. Like, hey, you can't snip spot your own football. You got to hand it to the umpire. You could teach them that in training camp. And we were saying Mike McCarthy wasn't on his p's and q's either. But, there was but no the ref umpire there. was not it's there. there to yeah. hand it to. <laughs> there was that, like he had to actually get out. He, tell the the the, the, li- the set lineman get out of the way. I need yeah. to be. Come around you. So that's how the Cowboys season ended and how their offseason was formed mm-hmm. and narratives get solidified. And we'll see what happens Sunday. That's playoff football for you.